Well, if you were with us Friday evening, Friday evening we touched the dream. Friday evening, and for those of you that were here, we touched the dream when we went into praise and worship that night. We did. We touched the dream. I loved it. It was a great night. And the praise and worship team did a great job, and people did a great job of entering in. And listen, we can't touch it without going into it. Every Sunday, every time we get together, I want you to come ready just to enter into the presence of God. And it's going to take all of us. It's not going to take one person. It's going to take all of us entering in. So thank you for Friday night, all of you, for being here. And, and the time that we had, I'll tell you what, we touched the dream Friday night. Ah, man, that's, all, that's the only way I know how to describe it. That we touched the dream of who we are and where we've been journeying towards for a lot of years. And the faithfulness of the people here has made that possible. Sticking with us through thick and thin. Thank you so much. Because I tell you what, we're going to do more than touch the dream. We're going to live in the dream. We're going to live in the vision that God has for us and our children and our grandchildren. And it will go, it won't just stay here, it goes into Altus. The other congregations around the southwest part of Oklahoma and North Texas, it'll just keep on moving. Amen? You gotta see that. You gotta be able to see that and understand that. That we're not about ACF, we're about the kingdom of God. And so Friday night we touched the kingdom. Oh Jesus. It was so good. It was so good. I just had to say that. I just had to say that this morning. Sure, once you get ahead and come up and, and you get to the opportunity to stand on the platform so people in the balcony can see you. Oh, you're way up there, hon. We so appreciate Cheryl coming and being with us. She has such a heart for this area of the state. And she comes on a regular basis and, and we participate as a congregation. We go over to other congregations and, and are with her and, and want to be with her. We appreciate her so much. And Thank her for coming and being with us this week to, to end up this time of 21 days of fasting. I'll tell you what, it was a good time. It was a good time. It wasn't like that one pastor I heard that, you know what I, what I lost in 21 days? 21 days. It wasn't that. In 21 days, we really did gain some things. We really did gain some ground. We're going to go on the journey to see what all that means. But Cheryl, thank you for coming. Go ahead, if you will. Just go ahead and give God a good praise for, for Cheryl. I'll let you have it, huh? Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's an honor to be here. It's always an honor to be in Altus. I stand in agreement with uh, Pastor with the uh, reality that this is a regional thing and what the Lord is doing is beyond um, our own individual fellowships and um, our own, even our own homes and families. I, it is my strong belief as it is others who have labored in this region, that, that this uh, land is set for revival. Amen. Amen. And revival is never individual. I mean, well, transformation is never individual. It's always regional. 
And so the reality is, is that the Lord is going to touch many houses, many peoples, and many places with his spirit in the days to come. And I am honored to be a part of that in any way, to be able to speak into it and to encourage you. It is so good to see so many of you that I've walked with for many years here and who I know have walked many years in this land. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm given a picture right now as I'm speaking to you of... Uh, of, of the bottom of your feet, and, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to go off script, we're just going to go with the Holy Ghost, if that's okay. I don't know if you're afraid of the Holy Ghost, but he's going to be here today, okay? So I just want to encourage you that we're going to allow him to do what he desires. I love the Holy Spirit and his way to guide us into all truth with depth and understanding that is applicable to our lives, amen? I love it that he's a practical a gentleman who eases himself into the places of our being to cause us to go into the places of his being. Amen? So what I see in my mind's eye, so I just want you to know God didn't drop a screen in front of me. It's in my mind's eye. I see the bottom of your feet. And on the bottom of your feet is just packed with seed. You are packed with seed. And the Lord wants to take this seed and he wants to tread it throughout the land. He wants you to germinate the ground. He wants you to uh, walk and pray and seek and desire his will to be done in all the arenas of influence that you step into. We all get caught up in the fact that this is the place of ministry. No, this is the place of ministry. You are ministering of the Most High, and you are called to carry His Spirit, His wisdom, and His truth into your workplace, into your family, into the government. What? What would happen if we did that? So into all of the spheres of culture. And so when I see packed seed on the bottom of your feet, I am hearing that the Lord wants you to be released into a new dimension of fruitfulness. Amen? Amen. Who wants a tree that doesn't bear fruit? Right? We want, we want to be those trees that bear fruit. So... I come here today to bring the word of the Lord. Um, I don't know about you, but God doesn't ever let me be comfortable. I just want one time, if he would just let me be comfortable, I would be a lot happier than I am. Um, but he likes to stretch me. And so if you're going to follow God, you're going to have stretch marks. I don't care who you are. Amen? So the Lord brought me to some scripture that I really wasn't certain how he was going to apply it. And then I heard Briar begin to sing. And I love, um, first of all, the worship was amazing. I'm so excited that you touched the presence of God and that it's part of the dream of the house. Amen? When she began to, to sing the, uh, I think, um, is it Clint? Is that your name? Yeah, I know her name isn't Clint. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just making sure that's yours. Okay. Yeah. I think he called it the Defender, right? Uh, the name of that song. So I'm not real savvy on my song sets because you don't want me singing in your, in your 
in your choir, okay? <laughs> but the reality is when she began to sing that song and she said those words that said, uh, you know where I left me. You know where I left me. Don't you love that? It's not where God left us. It's that he knows where, he, where I left me at, amen? And so what the Lord is asking me to bring to you is two different texts of scripture that I believe he's going to weave together and cause us to understand what he is doing in the lives of his people right now and the lives of this house. I know that you've come off of this fast. I joined that fast with you. And so I um, am in that same place as you, where the Lord has really began to deal with me about various things in my own, um, in my own place of living. I mean, that's, that's the way I'm going to put it, whether that be in my work or whether it be in my home or whether it be in the church or wherever it is. And so um, we're in a season in God where he's really digging deep into our hearts, and he is really trying to get out all the ick. <laughs> I don't know if that translates in the South, but it's a northern term. It's icky in there sometimes, right? And so the Lord is removing all that has um, taken place in what he considers to be his territory. Your heart is his territory. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, when you stepped into the kingdom of God, you gave up all your rights to that territory. He will put within you a new heart. Amen? And that is what he's doing in this time. So we're going to go to the scripture. I'm going to pray just a little bit because I'd like to do that. And then we're going to see how the Lord weaves all of this together. Father, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you for what you are doing in this land in this time. And Lord, we declare and recognize and know that you are the sovereign maker and that you know the beginning and the end, Father God. And Lord, this day we release our hands and our heart, our mind and our will, our feet into your presence, Lord, that we may be carriers of your will in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you that you cause the eyes of our understanding to be opened, Father God. God, and the uh, wisdom of the ages to reign upon us as we navigate your scripture in this season in Jesus' name. Lord, I bless this house, and I ask you, Father, that that seed that is impacted on the feet of those who sit under the hearing of the word of God and in this region will be set on fire on the course of of destiny for your will to be done in and through them in Jesus name I pray and I thank you for it so I tell you that I'm uncomfortable because I have really never ministered on this text of scripture I've heard it thousands of times I'm sure you have too but you know it's a stretch for me to go here because I'm not as familiar with it as I am with some other texts of scripture um, I'm going to share with you a brief story, and then we're going to get into the Word. So I was um, leading prayer in my church. Oh, by the way, I go to church. Just going to tell you that, okay? I, I do have, I mean, I'm called to minister to the church, but I'm not a bone on my own. I'm going to smile when I say that, okay? My office, my call functions alongside four other offices. So if I'm not in a house, 
I'm not of the house. Ouch. I'm smiling, can you tell? <laughs> really, it's true. It's so important for us to assemble. The word tells us, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Correct? Iron sharpens iron. So anyhow, I was at my house, at my church house, and I was um, hosting uh, one of the prayer slots during our fast. Um, I got the double portion of fast. Thank you all. And so I was hosting that prayer slot, and I began to find myself pray prophetically. And this is what I was praying. Uh, I found myself saying these words. Lord, let us lay our head upon the rock. Even as Jacob laid his head upon the rock, let us see and let us ascend into your place of presence, into the place of your presence. Lord, let us ascend there not with petition or request of God, but just that we may sit in your presence and glean the wisdom of the ages. Let us ascend into the heavenly places. I began to pray this over and over, not for petition or request, but merely to be in the presence of your love, to worship and to receive the wisdom of the ancient of days. And as I... Of course, as I was praying these words, I knew that the Lord was bringing from heaven to earth his will for this time and for this season. It's as simple as that. There is nothing spooky, spiritual, or weird in communicating with God. We were created to communicate with our Father. And if we will empty ourselves of all of our wishes, wants, needs, petitions, and prayers, we're real good at petitioning prayer. And get into that place where we simply desire to sit in his presence. We are going to come away with the revelation of Jesus in the earth. Amen? We are going to be carriers of his love. That DNA is going to enliven before him. And we are going to merely be vessels of his glory to release in the land. So as I prayed of this, of course I was reminded of Jacob. And I thought, okay, well, there, I know this story. How many of y'all know the story of Jacob and Jacob's ladder? Okay, well, I've kind of been obsessed with Jacob's ladder for many years. And the reason I've been obsessed with it is because I'm a jeweler. For those of you who don't know me, I make jewelry. And so it took me a long time to figure out how to make a Jacob's ladder. Didn't even know why I was so obsessed with it, but I was. And now I understand just a little bit more. Of course, I understand that that ladder was a portal of heaven. You do understand that, correct? And so, I, as I was reminded of him, I knew that this prayer that God had me praying was a deep calling unto deep. Don't forget, I haven't forgot about the song, The Defender. Right? You know where I left me. I want you to think about Jacob for just a minute. Jacob was on the run. Jacob's name... My, my, my spiritual father used to say this all the time, meant underhanded heel gripper. 
he was a little, he was, he was, he had, he had a bit of character issue. I don't know if you know that about Jacob, but he seized his brother's inheritance. He had a bit of a thieving spirit. He wanted what he wanted, didn't he? And he was willing to get it any way he could. And you know, we might equate that these days to those who have an orphan spirit. You know what orphans do? They do whatever they can to survive. Right? They do whatever they can to get what they want or need. And I think that there was a bit of that going on here. I think there was a bit of jealousy going on. I think there was a bit of several character issues going on here. So Jacob was really on the run for his life after he not only had taken the birthright, but the blessing. He was consistent in his underhanded heel gripping. (laughs) He was consistent in his nature of lower man. Amen? And, of course, there were other parties concerned and involved, and I'm not going to go there with you. What I am going to say is that this, this was a child of promise. Jacob is in the lineage of, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God affirmed him, and yet he wasn't perfect? What? How about that? We are always at war with two seeds within our life. And I don't know if you're aware of that. There's this, the seed of, of good, uh, the knowledge of good and evil. And there's the seed of life. And that war has been going on since the foundation of time. And, you know, some people equate that to, um, I think there's a story about two wolves. You guys could probably tell it better than any girl could ever tell it. But, but basically the moral of that story is which wolf wins or which wolf gets bigger. It's the one you feed. Right? Amen. So we are at war with the two natures. And when Jacob laid down his head on that rock, uh, my, one of my um, uh, greatest quests in the Word of God is to understand signs and symbols, types and shadows. So we understand that the rock, first of all, is a hard place, right? So he laid his head down on a hard place. But we also know that Jesus is the rock, amen? So he laid his head on the rock, uh, the foundation of the earth, amen? Uh, not all unknowing to him. He was just looking for a place to rest, I assure you. He didn't have much in his mind. You might even say that he laid his head on that rock because he was scared for his life. And he wanted to make sure he had something to pitch if his brother came looking for him. Amen? He was going to have a defender where he laid down. And of course, I'm going to read you that, Genesis 28, 10 through 22. We're going to go through this pretty quickly because I really do want to get to what I think the Lord wants done here today. And Briar, where are you? Would you raise your hand? I can't see you. Are you in here? Hey! (laughs) Before this all gets done, would you come down here so you're accessible at some point? Thank you. 
uh, verse 10, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went to Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and he put them for his pillows, and he lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and on top of it, it reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it, and behold, the Lord stood above it. So we understand from that text of scripture in types and symbols and signs that the ladder originated in heaven. It didn't originate on earth. And it was the Lord that set it in the earth, amen, for his messengers to ascend and descend. That's what the word angel means, okay? And so his angels are ascending and descending, and he said, and it says here, and behold, the Lord stood above it. He said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and of the God of Isaac and the land wherein thou liest. To thee I will give it and to thy seed. Now, do you think that God knew what had been going on in Jacob's life up to this point? Do you think that God might know that he was uh, sent away by his father so that his brother wouldn't kill, or by his mother so his brother wouldn't kill him? I think God probably knew what Jacob's uh, character was, and we'll see that in just a little bit. It says, uh, 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 and the seed, verse 14, and the seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, the east, the north, the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Guess what God didn't do? He didn't say this. Hey, Jacob, you underhanded heel gripper, you scoundrel, you, you are cursed above all on the earth. No, he prophesied to him life. Amen? He said, Jacob, this land that you're laying on, and he was laying there because he was running, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to give it to your seed and to all the generations. You know why? Because our God is a redeemer. He doesn't want to leave us like we are. And so he began to prophesy into the promise of his life and into the blessing of the Father on his life. And it says in verse 15, And behold, I'm with you, and I will keep thee in all places, even when you're running. You know where I left me. Right? Amen? Even when you're running. I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and I will bring you again into this land. So you think God has a plan of redemption there, correct? For I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. You have promises in your life, church. You as individuals and this house in general. Those promises have never went away. They sit before the throne of God. Yes, there are people that have come and left and went and came, and it doesn't change the eternity of God's word. Do you understand that? 
in this time, in this season, in the kingdom of God, God is positioning and repositioning his people into the place of their destiny because he is at that point where he is going to release the promises of God in new measure and he's ready for us to come into commission with him and lay down our past. Oh, hallelujah. I'm signing up. <laughs> I know you don't think I have a past, but I do. There are things that come to thwart my advance just like there are things that come to thwart your advance. Every time you make two steps forward, the enemy is right there to push you back. It isn't about you. It's about the seed of God that is in you and the redemption that he has for you and for his people. It says in verse 16, Jacob awakened out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. I guess he thought he was hiding up to that point. I'm not sure, but <laughs> apparently he did. You do know that God goes everywhere with you, right? That'll give you a check. Just put that in front of your face every day. Yeah. God's going everywhere with you. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And we love that scripture when it's there to comfort us. But do we ever think about that scripture before we go to do those things that we probably wouldn't invite Jesus to? Well, hello. Okay. <laughs> And uh, Jacob says, he wakened out of his sleep and he said, surely God is in this place. And I knew it not. I'm here to let you know he is with you all the time. Amen. And he was afraid. And he said, how dreadful is this place? This is like no other. This is the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is a gate that is is, is open and accessible to you at any time as you have your head laid on the foundation of God. Let me explain that to you. As we put our mind on the things of Christ, then the portals of heaven will open for us as we ascend in in to the place of his presence and descend with the word of his will. Do your circumstances need to change? Get your mind on the rock, lay your head down, and begin to access the gate in heavenly places. Amen. So, he goes on and he says this in verse 19. He called the name of that place Bethel. And it tells what the name of the city was at first. And then in verse 20 it says this. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God be with me and will keep me in this way and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, if he will be my provider, is what he is saying. Uh, if he will be my provider so that I can come again to my father's house. He's my defender. He's going to let me right back in, right? Then shall the Lord be my God. Wow. 
And this stone which I have set for a pillar to be God's house, and of all that they shall give me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. I loved what Clint said today when he was talking about the worship of God. Right here we see the establishment of giving back as God gives. One of the things that I noted in this uh, text of scripture was the fact that Jacob said these words, if you will give me uh, food to eat, bread to eat, and raiment for my back. If you will be Jehovah Jireh, my, my protector, my defender, if you will be that for me, then I will give you a tenth of all. I will worship you. You will be my God, and I will give you a tenth of all I have. That's important here in a minute. So in this place, Jacob himself glimpsed a new reality. His character had not immediately changed. He just got an eye-opening experience that when he was in fear and uh, trembling for his own life, for his own choices, for what he had done, he laid his head in that place and it opened up and he saw the portals of heaven and the activity of heavenly places. We don't see it most of the time. A place that he laid down in fear, troubled for his future, sent away by his father and concerned about his brother's anger. A hard place, but it became his place of blessing. And so when Briar was singing today, I began to understand that there's some of you within this house that have been in a hard place. I have been. I'm going to own that. You can't get up and preach it unless you're living it, correct? <laughs> You know, but it's time for us to get delivered from that place and receive the promises back into our life. The second text, that, uh, a scripture that the Lord brought up to me, and I'm going to have to go really quick here, was in John 1:43, and I want you to, I want to share this text along with the last little bit that the Lord gave me for the house for today, um, and it is uh, about Nathaniel. It's one of the things that I talk about most frequently within the Word of God because I am a prophetess, because I do hear the Word of God, and I have always been touched by the story of Nathaniel. And as I began to search out this uh, text of Scripture about Jacob and the context of it and some of the teachings on it, I began to understand that it was correlated and aligned with this text of Scripture in John 1, verse 43. Uh, we're going to emphasize on verse 47, but I'm going to give you the others for context. And the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He was gathering up his disciples, if you remember. He found Philip, and he said unto him, Follow me. And now Philip was from Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said, We have found him who Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Come, and Philip says, Come and see. Can any good thing come out of Altus? Come and see. Amen? Uh, verse 47, And Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said, Behold! An Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said unto him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him and said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered him and said, Rabbi. 
You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him and said, Well, because I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? And he said, Greater things than this you shall see. Uh, you will see greater things than these. And then he said unto him, Truly, truly, I say unto you, you will see the heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So we have a better way. The gate was provided to us from heaven on earth, set in earth, that we may ascend into the presence of God. But what's most exciting to me about that is as you look at that text of scripture, you see as a woman who sees and hears and, and understands things of people's lives and destinies, what grabs my heart about this is that Jesus saw him when he was sitting under the fig tree. But let's go a little bit deeper than that. The fig tree is where the Israelites went to study the word of God. So he was sitting under this place of fruitfulness. The fig tree also bears fruit before it bears leaves. Just going to let you know that. That'll preach. That's another sermon. But anyway... He's sitting under there, and in some of the texts and concordances and, and uh, uh, sermon notes, uh, it is believed that Jesus not only knew that, uh, who, who Nathaniel was uh, and who he was in character, but what he was studying when he sat under that fig tree. So when he said to him, Nathaniel, you are a man with no guile or no deceit, he was actually speaking a scripture out of Isaiah 53 and 6 is what some of the scholars lend to because uh, uh, it, it says that he had done no violence and within him is no uh, deceit. So literally Jesus read the page of the book that Nathaniel was reading. And that's when he replied, Rabbi! <laughs> he knew then. How did you know me? How did you know? He knew, talk about reading your mail. Right? He read his mail. What's even more interesting is Nathaniel is a descendant of Jacob. a man in who there is no deceit he had been redeemed amen we have generational things within our lives that God is in the process of ridding us from hallelujah amen So in this text, Jesus connects himself to Jacob's ladder by this phrase, and, and of course he was indicating what Jacob had seen, but now he was saying, you will see this through me. Amen? I want to encourage you that you have an opportunity in the days to come to ascend and descend, and do not think that that is a light thing. 
The Lord is not saying that you are to go and ascend with petitions of all those things you need, but he is calling you into the courts of his presence that you may be inundated with his love and glory, that you may descend into the earth and carry truth. Amen? Truth that actually changes situations. Amen. If there's anything that this earth needs more than ever, it is love. There is a campaign of love that Christ is stirring within his people. And you know, human love is exhaustible, but Christ's love is inexhaustible. And he is bringing us to that place where our character is shifted where we are no longer that underhanded heel gripper getting what we want and need. Hallelujah. <laughs> I know none of you are ever guilty of making your own way. But I am. I've been guilty of it. So why God isn't letting us know a whole lot in these days. He's pretty certain that we're going to take that, uh, take that, uh, uh, that opportunity and help him get it done, right? He doesn't want, he doesn't need our hands on it. The other thing that I was um, meditating in prayer on for the house here is also, and I want you to know, this is not, uh, you're going to have to help me here, hermeneutically, homiletically, homiletically, all those things, I don't know what they are. Yep, whatever. <laughs> it is not in the, in the order that it should be in. I was not trained by, in a Bible school. I was trained by the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to give the word. I wanted to go to Bible school. I really did. And my husband told me he'd take our four little children and move in and sacrifice. And we'd go to Christ for the Nations. And the Lord closed the door. He said, I'll teach you. I'll put people in it. He did. He put people in my life that trained me in the ways of the Spirit and the things of God and how he, he wanted a blank slate, and he definitely got one, okay? <laughs> and so <laughs> I've been letting him write on the tablets of my heart ever since. So this is not in the order of how it is presented in the Word of God. I know that. Please understand that I know that. But it's in the order that God wanted me to give it to you. So I'm going to give it to you this way. Amen. So the other thing I was thinking about is a very well-known text of scripture as well, and it's the story of Abraham. And, uh, and it's about, in particular, um, the story of Abraham where he um, was having his faith te tested by God. Um, the word of God actually says that the Lord God tempted Abraham and the sacrifice of his child Isaac. We know the story. Um, it begins with, it came to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. And these things did God tempt Abraham, uh, Genesis 22, 10 through 13. And this God requires that Abraham sacrifice his son, his only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. And it goes on and, and it gives precise directions to Abraham on exactly where that sacrifice was supposed to take place, on what mountain, at what time. I want you to know that Abraham had a, a, an open gate to heaven to be able to hear God in that manner. Now, you have to understand that this child that was given to Abraham was the child of promise. 
okay? It was the child that was prophesied to him by God himself. It was who the Lord was going to bring the increase in, uh, on his descendants as the stars of the sky and the sands, uh, sands of the earth. And so uh, I find it, it makes me speechless to think of the fact that he says, come on, Isaac, let's go. Can you imagine having that level of obedience and trust in your life? That no matter, even what the Lord has promised you, and, and the very vehicle that he says he'll bless you with, he said, I want you to take it and lay it on an altar. And I want you to sacrifice it. Wow. This happened to me once. Not as a child. Okay. Not with a child. You'll be happy to know. And all my children are very grateful about that. <laughs> I wanted to retire. For those of you who don't know my personality very well, I'm very reclusive. I like being alone. And so I love being around people. I love all of you. I have so much fun ministering the Word of God. There's no place I'd rather be. But I gather my strength when I'm alone. I love being alone. Sherry knows that. Karen knows that. A few other people know that. But I love being alone. Okay? And so I, was, I had this dream that I was going to retire. And I'm going I'm to live on the river. There's going to be only trees around me. There's going to be no people. There's going to be squirrels and chipmunks and, and birds and river and fish and a fishing pole. And there's going to be a little cabin. And I'm going to spend all the days of my life on this riverbank because that is heaven to me. I grew up on the Mississippi River, and I love moving water. And so I wanted to retire there, and I was so excited, and, the, and I had this vision that I knew was from God. He had given me this promise. And I was praying one day, and he said, you know that, you know that retirement? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, I want you to give that to me. But you gave me this vision. You caused me to walk through the paths that let me know that you were going to allow me to have it. And now you want me to give it to you? He said, yes. <laughs> and I said, but Lord, okay, I'm just going to be so honest here. But Lord, haven't I given you everything already? Haven't I given you this and that and this and that? And, you know, he didn't really listen. I'm just venting, you know. <laughs> and so it took me, just to be honest, so you know how stubborn I am, three days. Three days of constant weeping. I was that grieved that I was going to have to give that to the Lord. But I did. And, you know, I'm not grieved anymore. It was just that I had built this up to be the thing of all things. And the Lord said, that's not what I gave it for. Amen? I gave it for my glory, for my reason, for what he wanted. And so in this story where, where, where Abraham takes Isaac up, he is literally putting the blade to the promise. And so there are those, and here we have another man who wasn't perfect in character. You understand that. Abraham was uh, an obedient man, 
But he got a little fearful himself, so we can see the generations of fear coming down. So I asked the Lord, Lord, why are you tying these two things together for this house? And the Lord said this to me. <sighs> I found myself praying in that time as well. And Lord, let us be able to lay down our child's of promises in our lives to the altars of God. Lord, for that which is most important, that which is truly given by you, may, may we lay our, ourselves on that altar to do with what you may. And I want you to understand that we know that when Abraham was willing to do that, uh, you know, the lamb was brought and we know the rest of the story. He did not have to sacrifice his son. But we see two different men in these, in these pictures, one who obeyed God in all that he knew. He didn't do it perfectly. Uh, he made mistakes along the way. He created an Ishmael because he tried to make it happen correct. Uh, and before he received the promise, he was blessed in his generations. It said not only in his generations, but all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him because he obeyed the voice of God. And then we see another man in Jacob, one who wrangled the blessings of the father through deceit, correct, and cast away. Uh, he was cast away and, and prayed that he would not be harmed, I mean, it was, uh, and, and had hoped that he would not be harmed with his brother. But in so, he received the mercy and the revelation of the house of God. He received the blessings of God. He saw the portal of God, and he understood God's protection. And I believe that there are those within the house here that have, uh, that have had uh, promises of God that have been given in days past and days gone by, and the Lord has uh, required of you to lay those on the altar, uh, but I want to declare to you that the lamb has been given and the deliverance has come and that it is no longer uh, at the will of, uh, of uh, your hand that you would uh, take that which is given you. So I don't know how to explain that except to say this. Uh, I'll just go where the Lord wants me to go with it. And Apostle, I'm going to tell you this. This has to do with your house, that there has been, uh, that you have had a father's heart and that you have desired to see uh, more than what most people understand um, come to pass in this region, and that, that, um, that you have gone through a season of time in which you had to take the child of promise and uh, gather it up with the wood and the fire and take it to the mountain where God said and lay it out and prepare for him to be sacrificed, literally sacrificed. Um, it was grieving in your heart. It was hard on your, um, on your physical self to say, but Lord, didn't you tell me to do this? And so the Lord says that he has brought the hand of deliverance and that you are stepping into the season of God that he had foreordained many, many years ago for both you and your wife. And that that, that he had promised you is going to begin to come into fruition. Uh, he said that he's going to bring a new level of liberty and a new level of anointing within this 
this house here, and you will begin to uh, guide that gifting into the pl giftings, those giftings in this house into the places of destiny, and in the release of those. Uh, 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 gifts and giftings, those people and, and projects, you're going to see a multiplication that is beyond all that you ever imagined. The Lord says he's bringing increase in these days. He says there's going to be those who are going to align uh, in new measure with you, and they are going to begin to define even um, aspects of the mo mountains of culture in ways that you never expected. So the Lord says, get ready. I'm going to have things added to you. I'm going to take some things away that are of no need in this current time and season. And I'm going to cause my breath to uh, get behind um, uh, uh, that which I have created. And I'm going to take it into the fullness of destiny and power. I see that there will be great times of worship. I do know without the shadow of a doubt that the Lord has created a portal here uh, of, of ascension and dissension and that it is not a, it is not a portal that uh, many use this portal to go into the court of God's authority and begin to execute a, a, a law and demand but this is, a, this is a portal of true ascension to that which is the heart of the Father. And so I'm going to tell you, <laughs> you're going to love this, things are going to get a little out of control at times. <laughs> and um, I know that we are uncomfortable with that, but I also understand that it is in that place that there are going to be those that are set free. And the Lord is going to begin to declare that this is the house of the freeman. man <laughs> so he's going to bring those in <laughs> um, that are captive and um, they're going to have their shackles broken they're going to have their lives transformed and they're going to be set out set on fire as ministers of flames of fire as it says in Ezekiel in Jesus name yes yes a house of a free man that's what I want. I want this land to be the land of a free man. Amen? Amen. Um, where are you, Briar? You keep hiding. Okay. <laughs> Come up here, honey. <laughs> um, uh, that, I don't know that song at all. I only know that there's one part of that song that, that said, you know where you left me. That, I, you know, help me, Jesus, Briar. Okay. <laughs> would you would you sing that uh, chorus for me? Would you come up here and sing that? Mm -hmm. Well, you do however you want to do it. You make it happen like you know it should happen. Okay. So if you want your musicians, sure, you can ask whoever you want to come up here. <laughs> okay. So when she gets up here, she's going to begin to sing that chorus. You know where I left me uh, when I thought. Uh, when I thought I lost me, you know where I left me, and you introduced me to your love. I want everybody, when they begin to do this, I want you all to stand up, 
And I'm going to begin to declare and to break off of your lives those things that have taken you on a pathway that has kept you from fulfilling your destiny. Amen. So I'm going to break off uh, that which uh, has deceived us and caused us to be waylaid by the plan of the enemy. Remember what I told you. It's not you that he cares about. It's the seed of God that is in you. And that's what he's going after. So we're going we're gonna to go after him, if that's all right. Amen. Lord, that they will be that, that 
that lifts you up in glory, oh God. Lord, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Jireh. As Abraham declared when the ram was, when the lamb was provided, Jehovah Jireh is in this house. We declare Jehovah Jireh is in this house. Lord, we declare that we will be dependent on you and every breath, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Lord, we declare that we will ascend to sit in your presence, to sit in your place of love. We will ascend, not with petition or prayer, but we will ascend to receive of your grace and mercy and descend in your will. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I'm hearing the Lord say, I'm hearing the word destiny. I'm just going to give that word destiny. There's destiny. Destiny in this house. There's destiny in you. Destiny. I don't know what the enemy has tried to do. I don't care. <laughs> what I know is that these are they, you are they, that shall prevail into the place of your destiny. Lord, I thank you. hearing the Lord say to each of you over this house, overcomer, 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 <laughs> overcomer, overcomer. I challenge you to go into the book of Revelation. I challenge you to read the promises to him who overcomes. The Lord says, overcomer, 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 <laughs> overcomer. <laughs> I'll quit saying it when he does. Overcomer, overcomers. Thank you, Lord. There are those of you who are standing in a really hard place right now in your life. And I hear the Lord say, I'm your deliverer. I'm your deliverer. He is bringing deliverance. He says, don't give up right now. 
Deliverance is on its way. Lift your hands in praise. Lift your hands in worship. As Briar sang that song, as when I come to worship, all I did was bow down. That's the only requirement upon you. Deliverance is at hand. Deliverance is at hand. Um, if, if you are one of those, I'm just going gonna, gonna to pray real quickly for you all. Lord, I thank you that by the power of your love, you will stand in the place with your mighty arm and with, your, uh, with the breath of your nostrils and blow back that which has come against them. I hear the Lord say to those of you who are standing in this hard place that that has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy the seed of life that's within you. I hear the Lord saying to you, don't give up. Come over here. Overcome. The Lord says that even in the midst of this trial, I have been with you. I will not forsake you. But the day of deliverance is at hand. I will set you free. And you will have a testimony that will cause the enemy to tremble in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I break the power of that which would come to steal, kill, and destroy those that have stood in a place of temptation now in Jesus' name. And I say no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that is spoken against you, I break the power of that tongue right now in Jesus' name. And I declare that the Lord is your fortress. The the Lord is your way maker. The Lord is your deliverer and his deliverance is at hand. I say enough is enough in Jesus name. I say thank you Lord for setting the captive free. Let your will be done in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Lord.